Hi. I wanted to do an Instagram live. You can ask me questions as I go. Um, I've been doing a lot of these Q&As, but I kind of wanted to do a bit of like a talk kind of thing. Um, but you guys can ask me questions about what I'm talking about as we go. Um, this is going to be posted as a podcast episode. So to the podcasters listening, podcasters, the listeners listening to the podcast, um, and who's not seeing the title, who's not, you know, um, here with me live. Today, I am talking about my daily essential endometriosis management strategies. And I'm going to be going through the key strategies that I can't live without. And then also kind of everyday foundational health strategies we should all be doing but they're not included in my endo kind of essentials because those are like very endo specific um so i'm going to be talking about anti-inflammatory diet blood sugar magnesium omega-3 fatty acids circadian rhythm and how to boost it in the mornings and um anti-inflammatory supplements and then the essential foundations we're, we'll get to before we dive into today's episode, I want to give a shout out to my lovely sponsors at BU. And I wanted to tell you about their new bath bombs, which are naturally made and contain beautiful essential oils. And their peppermint and eucalyptus essential oils um, bath bomb is doing so well right now with the endometriosis community. They're getting loads of feedback about it. And, you know, if you love the patches themselves you're going to love the bath bombs because essentially it's <laughs> the patch in a bath bomb um so you know if you're on your period or if you're in pain you could have a bath with some of the bath bombs or one of them I don't know you could have multiple if you want um and then yeah get out the bath maybe rub in some cbd balm and put your patch on top, which is um, what a lot of people are feeding back that they're doing. So um, I would love to do that, but um, I don't have a bath, so I can't. But if you have a bath, um, then, you know, I think these new bath bombs could be a lovely way to help alleviate some of your pain. So if you'd like to check them out, you can go to BU, which is buonline.co.uk, and you can also order them from anywhere in the world on cultbeauty.co.uk and they deliver worldwide. I wanted to give a shout out to the lovely girls at Semaine. They are two sisters with endometriosis. They've been on the show before and they founded Semaine, which is a supplement company for people with periods to originally their first supplement was to aid with PMS and period pain. And I know that it is a lifesaver for so many people with endometriosis and painful periods. I absolutely love that supplement. It's really helped me when I've had to kind of follow protocols for SIBO or, you know, I've had a stressful time and I've been worried about my period. I've been able to avoid a flare with that supplement and they've always been so kind and um, kindly sent me sent me them when I when I've needed them. And now they've come out with a new supplement called The Daily, and it is a hormone balancing supplement, which is designed to help with healthy skin, stable mood, fewer cravings in your luteal phase, blood sugar balance, and they recently gifted it to me. Honestly, I said this to my client the other day, 
my blood sugar levels have never felt so stable as they did when I was taking that daily supplement. As you guys know, I, I work very hard to stabilize my blood sugar levels because that will keep inflammation down. And it also ensures that you have healthy balanced hormones. It's, it's really, really key. And I have a history of having really unstable blood sugar. Originally growing up, it was because of my eating disorder. But then in later years, it was much more down to firstly following a vegan diet when I didn't understand how to build my plate, a healthy blood sugar balance in plate. And secondly, because of my microbiome and my microbiome because of SIBO is built to actually extract more glucose from my food and cause blood sugar instability. This is actually a really key piece of blood sugar. If your blood sugar is resisting all of the strategies you're trying, that is a massive clue that your microbiome is affecting the way that your blood sugar is, is being controlled in your body. So we need to work on that, work on your gut. And mine has improved, mine has improved massively, but I still react much more um, erratically than someone else would to blood sugar fluctuations. And I couldn't believe the difference. It was like I had a whole month of like stable blood sugar. It was incredible. And as a result, I had much more of a healthier cycle. I felt a lot more satisfied. I had less food cravings. I just felt a lot more stable in energy. So I'm a really big fan of this. And as I said, blood sugar is a huge piece to managing your hormones, hence why blood sugar is such a big part of their, their supplement. So the girls have kindly given me a discount code for you guys. It will get you 20% off your first um, order, whether that's the daily or the PMS and Pira support capsules. And the code is ENDOLIFE one word, all caps. So E-N-D-O-L-I-F-E. And that code is valid for the next six months, I believe. So you can use it at any time. Um, so let me know how you get on with them. I'd love to hear if you find them as amazing as I did. And I hope that they bring you a happier and healthier cycle and period. Over the years, I mean, I've been managing endometriosis for seven years now. I think it's seven years. Um, and I have developed tools and strategies that have just become a completely normal part of my life. And I wouldn't even consider living without them. And um, I've tested kind of the... I've tried to rock the boat a couple of times to see what would happen and um, I, I notice a difference. So I'm going to start with my number one. You guys know I always, always talk about it and that's an anti-inflammatory um, nutrition plan, a way of eating. And this was the very first thing that I did to manage my endometriosis and I had a pain-free period within a month. And this is from a girl who had been basically eating codeine for years. I used to take, like, I, I could finish a packet of codeine at night when I was on my period. It was really, really bad. Um, now, when it comes to anti-inflammatory eating um, and the endo diet, um, I think that... 
The endo diet is a generic blanket term that we use when we're referring to a diet that someone has adopted for endometriosis. So there's no specific one size fits all endo diet. And hopefully, I mean, you guys, some of you might be new, um, but hopefully if you've followed me, followed me for a long time, you'll know that there are usually multiple root causes that are contributing to your symptoms or your flare-ups. So um, you might have unique sensitivities or intolerances um, or things going on with your gut, which means what's anti-inflammatory for one person is not anti-inflammatory for you. So as a result, there is always this tailoring now, there is standardly anti-inflammatory diets, um, and within the kind of anti-inflammatory diets that have been researched, the leading one is really the Mediterranean diet, um, and and the paleo is coming out with a lot of good research behind it as well. Um, vegetarian, vegan, they all have really great research. The Mediterranean diet is like the leading one for chronic pain and inflammatory conditions. Um, but the themes that come out of all of these is that vegetables and fruits play the lead role. All of these anti-inflammatory diets are packed with anti-inflammatory fruits and vegetables, high levels of them as well. None of this like five a day, like eight to 10 portions a day. Now, some people are not gonna be able to work up to that very quickly. Some people might not be able to tolerate that much depending on what's going on with their gut um, in the beginning whilst they're healing their gut. So again, it comes down to tailoring. Um, so we've got fruits and vegetables, uh, well, vegetables over fruits, um, and organic lean sources of healthy proteins um, and especially in the Mediterranean diet we're looking at things like legumes, fish, um, eggs, nuts and seeds and then small amounts of um, poultry and, and red meat but there is a difference between if you are eating meat there is a difference between eating meat from conventional factory farms where their animals are very inflamed they're unwell they're scared they're stressed um they're pumped with toxins and antibiotics and hormones that's going to be a very very inflamed meat it's going to contribute to inflammation in your body versus um organic free range or wild meat like wild venison um or or grass-fed grass-fed beef that's like very ethical so um it does matter if you're if you're gonna go for me it does matter where it's from um and then the uh next theme would be gluten-free if you require gluten-free but if not whole grains so we're going for whole foods now there's a caveat with this that some people don't react very well to whole grains. Um, so it might be that they can't um, deal with whole grains because it really affects their blood sugar. It could be that they find them very hard to digest because they've got things going on in their gut. So again, it's like tweaking all of these. Um, healthy fats, huge, huge, huge. Fatty fish, avocados, olive oil, those, those three, well, and nuts and seeds, those are star, star players of an anti-inflammatory diet and are also really great for healthy hormones and fertility because our hormones are made from fat and protein. 
so they're really helpful as well. Um, I feel like I'm missing something. Vegetables, fruits, whole grains, protein, and healthy fats. No, that's all. My, my brain is very slow today. Um, so that's kind of the standard um, from the research themes that come out from the various anti-inflammatory diets that we've seen now that work for research from the research but it's about you taking it and tailoring it to what suits you so for me when I went anti-inflammatory it did involve removing removing gluten and dairy and the difference for me because I was intolerant to those and I, I may have celiac disease I'm going through that process at the moment was huge my life changed dramatically in terms of my in terms of my health I my life was ruled by my IBS symptoms and I lived in fear of my period and when I changed that when I took those guys out it made a massive difference to me as well as I mean this is a number one thing added like sugar like refined sugars added sugars um so it will really vary depending on what your unique needs are. For example, tomatoes are very anti-inflammatory, but for me, because of my histamine issues, I'm not great at tolerating them at the moment. So it will really, really depend. Um, and if you want to like dive into how do you work out what works for you, what's anti-inflammatory for you, um, what does this look like on a during a week or on a plate, um, then, you know, I dive into this in podcasts in a lot of detail. We, I have my cookbook. Um, I've just released, um, two nutrition classes. One is completely about an anti-inflammatory diet for endometriosis and how to tailor it to you and your needs. Um, so that's, that's just come out and that's, $29.99 at the moment in Black Friday sale till Tuesday. I've obviously got my course and people can work with me one-on-one, -on -one, but I've got a ton of podcasts on that if you want to dive into it and articles. Um, then I went through um, probably a good couple of years of eating that way before I did any training um, as a health coach. And even though I, you know, I lived practically pain-free like if I if I did have pain it was like I don't know one to two on the pain scale um that the thing that didn't change is I had a lot of brain fog and fatigue and I was having reactions that I I didn't know what they were so I would find myself sitting at my desk um mid-afternoon after lunch and I felt like I needed to like literally like open my eyes and like put matchsticks between them or like inject caffeine into my eyeballs like it was really it was really really bad and I remember thinking how unprofessional it looked um and then I would you know get a train home and I was starving by the time I walked in the into the house I thought I was going to pass out I was so so hungry and I'd wake up starving and I would have trouble sleeping and I'd still have like um really bad PMS and, and mood swings and things like this um and then I learned about blood sugar and what was really interesting is that I was very early on into my anti-inflammatory diet, 
I couldn't understand why it was my, you know, I was due on my period and I was eating anti-inflammatory and then I would have a bowl of rice or a bowl of porridge uh, just before, like a couple of hours before my period arrived or um, on day one of my period and I would be pain free and then I would be in so much pain. Now, of course, I understand blood sugar. I wasn't eating blood sugar balanced in meals. So what was happening is I was having a huge surge of glucose, which comes from carbohydrates, in my bloodstream and high levels of sugar or glucose in your bloodstream raise inflammation. So I was having these inflammation peaks. Um, and this is a, uh, it's so clear to me. This is a pattern. Um, and what I was going through was unstable blood sugar, these crashes in the afternoon, waking up in the night, waking up starving, um, feeling like I was going to pass out on the train home, bad PMS, estrogen dominance, all of these things. Yes, my endo was under control, but my moods and my energy and my hormones were a mess. They were still a mess. So, um, obviously I started training, um, in, uh, women's health and um, endometriosis so I learned luckily all about this and what I came to learn is that so I mean so many things about blood sugar blood sugar is a key key form of management for endometriosis because when we have ele elevated blood sugar we have high levels of inflammation when we have unstable blood sugar we have unstable energy and of course, when we're dealing with chronic fatigue that can come with endo, we do not want to have unstable levels. Um, high blood sugar and the, the the science behind this is complex. So if you want to deep dive into it, then you can get the, um, the Nutrition for Endo Advanced Masterclass if you want to learn more about it. But in short, having unstable blood sugar can heighten estrogen levels, heighten testosterone levels and lower progesterone levels and heighten cortisol levels. So it does a complete number on your hormones. And when you have a scenario like elevated um, estrogen and low progesterone, you get clotty periods, heavy periods, acne, really bad PMS, bloating before your period, mood swings, anxiety, all of these symptoms that we put down to a lot of the time as endometriosis, oh, I feel anxious, I feel depressed, um, I feel really fatigued before my period, I have really heavy periods, I have clotty periods, even painful periods are a symptom of estrogen dominance or excess estrogen or low progesterone. Migraines, all of these things that I see in my clients time and time again, we manage their blood sugar and they go away. I had a client yesterday who... So she did my uh, Live and Thrive with Endo course, the first round that I ever did, which was at the beginning of the year. And um, she she hasn't got a formal diagnosis of PMDD, but it's, it's highly likely she's got PMDD. Um, and she hasn't had any PMDD symptoms for the entire year since doing the liver and fried blood sugar balancing protocol. And then she went on holiday recently and a lot of the stuff has, happens on holiday, right? 
I've been in grace happened to me a lot of that those practices go out the window and she wasn't able to balance her blood sugar or eat anti-inflammatory and I spoke to her yesterday and she said I've had the worst PMDD flare-up that I've had in five years and the first PMDD flare-up she'd had all year all year she hadn't had any PMDD symptoms all year and blood sugar for her was so so key um, and anti-inflammatory eating, especially for her, like alcohol was a big inflammatory trigger for her. And that was affecting, um, that's like, she's seen the pattern with that, like flaring up her PMDD symptoms. So just absolutely huge. This is something that I see time and time again, like the anti-inflammatory eating and the blood sugar are massive needle movers for my clients. Um, and the thing is when you, if you think about my example, Yes, I was eating anti-inflammatory, but I didn't understand how to eat blood sugar balancing. So if I just went and had a bowl of pasta on my period, I would suddenly get pain and be like, what's going on? I'm eating anti-inflammatory. So that blood sugar piece really um, sort of ties it all up nicely in a bow and kind of completes the work that you're doing on managing um, in terms of nutrition anyway. Um, so if you notice that you have um, you get shaky, you get hangry, you get irritable, you might get dizzy, um, you might have unsustainable energy, it goes up and down. Perhaps you have mid-morning crashes or mid-afternoon crashes, or you find that you really crave caffeine or sugar mid-afternoon or mid-morning. If you find yourself really hungry, even after a big meal, um, if you find yourself really sleepy after a meal, if you wake up in the night and you're suddenly wired and you don't know why, or you wake up starving, um, or you have a lot of PMS, you have a lot of anxiety, especially towards your period, or low moods towards your period, um, or you have heavy clotty periods and like acne, PMS, bloating, water retention, I would definitely look at your blood sugar. Like, that would be one of the first things that I would look at. I kind of want to say maybe even before anti-inflammatory, but I actually, I, I feel like you, you we all still need to eat a healthy diet full of fruit and vegetables. So um, it's just such a key, key piece because it manages your energy. It helps to manage your mood. It manages your hormones. It will improve your period and it will reduce inflammation, which will reduce pain. Um, so blood sugar is a, is a key piece. Um, there are a couple of different ways to manage your blood sugar. Um, but the number one way, I have four golden rules. The first rule and the number one rule, and I'm just going to give you that this one rule to get started with so you're not like, you don't come off this call like, oh my God, like, where do I start? Just start here. This is the number one way. Balance your meal. What I mean by that is if you think about, oh, people listening are not going to see this. Okay, so I'm not going to, I'm not going to, um, do it like that. You think about your plate, um, half your plate, at least half your plate should be, so I'm going to sneeze. Okay, it's not coming. Half your plate should be um, low starchy veg, so think broccoli, red peppers, 
asparagus, tomatoes, kale, aubergine, Brussels sprouts. So low starchy veggies, half your plate. That is giving you complex carbohydrates, okay? Then a quarter of your plate is a healthy, lean, organic protein. So it could be uh, legumes, it could be two eggs, it could be fish, it could be meat. Um, and then the final quarter is split between healthy fats, and that looks about looks like about two tablespoons or two golf ball size portions of healthy fat. So if you think about how that would break down as an avocado, it's probably what half a small avocado or a third of a big avocado. Um, it could be two tablespoons of, of nut butter that you've made in or a tablespoon of nut butter and a tablespoon of olive oil that you've made into a lovely dressing and you poured over it. And then the other half of that quarter is complex starchier complex carbohydrates so that could look like um beans if you haven't got beans on your plate it could look like root veggies like sweet potato it could look like grains like quinoa and this bit is very very individual because grains and starcher carbs tend to give you quite a big boost in blood sugar um, and that can be really great if you're someone with a very energetic job I always give an example of one of my previous clients. She was a dancer and she used so much energy. She had to have grains on every single plate, every, every, every meal she had, she had to have grains. So, um, in contrast with me, I, my, I have a desk job and I, as in I'm a health coach, where I sit at my desk. I don't have another job in an office somewhere. Um, and I very, my levels of activity during the day so I have a stand-in desk it's right here next to me and I just pick it up and put it on my desk and I alternate between sitting and standing during the day and then I also do um exercise throughout the day so I take a break go and exercise come back go and exercise um so I am using energy during the day but I'm not using energy in any way like that that client was and I do not do well on having grains in the middle of the day when I'm at my desk so at least not a big portion I could probably have a I could probably have like that kind of portion level that I just explained um so we're looking at probably like a small hand you know small handful couple take couple tablespoons of grains I could probably handle um but I couldn't go for like where my other my other client was like, I, I kind of need a quarter of that plate to be grains and then keep, you know, I'll still keep the fat. But they needed more than that or not just grains. They might need, you know, sweet potato or parsnip, something start something starchier, basically, because that's going to give a bit more of a hit for her of glucose. So that's very, very personal how you how you respond to it. And you can tell how you respond to it because you should feel satiated satisfied full you should feel full for a good couple of hours um like ideally like three to five hours you should feel satisfied and full you might need a small snack in between but you shouldn't be like finding yourself a hungry an hour later or two hours later um if you're crashing if you're feeling sleepy after meals it's it's indicating that maybe the you'll have the balance isn't quite right there's maybe um 
you need more protein, you need more fat, you might need to play around with those, those starchy carb levels. Um, so you need to see how it works for you. So I'm just going to make sure I'm not missing any um, questions because it doesn't, I don't know why for me, it just doesn't move up. It doesn't show me the questions as they come in. Um, so um, where was I? It it does vary, but that's, that's, that's the standard pattern. Half your plate is low starchy veg, quarter of your plate is protein, the final half is split between a um, kind of starcher carb and healthy fats, two, about two tablespoons of healthy fats. So that's the number one way. And for a long time, that was the main strategy that I used before I started adding in other ways. Um, and that changed, that changed so much for me. Um, and even changed how I responded to those foods on my period. So if I did try to, I thought like, oh, I can never eat, I can never eat pasta or I can never eat oats again on my period. Um, and I do have to be careful, like I'm not good with a large portion of it, but um, I just, um, sorry, I got distracted by a question. Um, but if I balance my plate really, really well, um, it's a, a huge difference. Like I, I don't have that flair that I used to have. And this is the same with I can't think of a client who hasn't responded well to this. Now, some people can continue to have blood sugar issues, like it helps, but they can continue to have um, blood sugar issues because they have something else going on, like um, your microbiome can affect how you um, how your, how you respond to glucose, uh, to foods, and how much glucose you extract from the foods. Um, cortisol can affect your blood sugar. Um, so if they have something else going on like SIBO, then they might need to do more work. And that's something that I had to, that has been going on for me, um, that I got so far in my blood sugar, but if I wasn't really, really working on it, like I would have quite dramatic reactions. Um, and it's because of the type of SIBO that I have, it actually affects methane type SIBO, can actually really affect blood sugar. So um, it's much, much better now. I have to say, I've, I've really, really noticed that it's so much better now that I've gone through all of my SIBO treatment. Even though I've relapsed, I obviously haven't got the same levels that I had prior. And I've noticed that my blood sugar is a lot more resilient. So that's a relief. Um, so I can't see it's gone. But um, someone asked second rule. I was just explaining that I'm just going to start you guys off with this one. Um, because there's just four rules and I want to get through, well, my four golden rules, there's other tips. Um, I want to get through my other habits, um, because otherwise it's a lot of information and I've already been talking for 25 minutes. Um, if you want to learn those, like all of those rules, uh, or you want to learn more about blood sugar, I've got, um, numerous episodes on blood sugar in the podcast. Um, I've got numerous articles on blood sugar. Um, obviously, they're all for free. I've got a cookbook on blood sugar balancing. Um, obviously, I've got the blood sugar um, 
nutrition for endo masterclass the advanced one and um, that's all that's an entire module uh, entire masterclass on blood sugar so that goes through all of the rules and all of the tips um and it gives you um protocol to follow and um meal planning and things like that um and obviously i have the courses and the one-to-one but there's the podcast as well and and the articles Just a reminder that this episode is sponsored by BU. These natural patches last for 12 hours, so they bring you prolonged relief and can begin working on relaxing your muscles before the pain kicks in, so you're prepared even if your period comes during the middle of the day. Some people even find that wearing them a night before their period can really help soothe the inflammation in the area. To shop, just head to link in my show notes. The other um, habit that I swear by is magnesium. So magnesium spray or magnesium baths. If I could, if I had the time to always do, um, um, I I can't share the link without coming off um, the Instagram live to copy it, if that makes sense. So I won't be able to post it in, but if you go to my link tree, so if you go to the link in my bio, then there's a link to my podcast and there's a link to my website there. Um, and so on the website, um, there's all of the resources. So my, my masterclasses, courses, the book is also on there. The podcast is also on there. So you can get to everything from my website, which is www.thisendolife.com. But it's all in the um, link in my bio. And then the other thing that I was going to say is if you Google, if you go um, to Endometriosis Net and Endometriosis News and just search my name, all of my articles will come up and there's like hundreds. <laughs> um, so lots of lots of articles to read. Um, so I love magnesium because magnesium is super, super anti-inflammatory, is absolutely essential for energy production. So it's great if you have fatigue or brain fog. Um, it's also really, really important for helping you to manage your hormones because it helps to detox um, to remove any excess or old estrogen that's been used up and is ready to be detoxed out of your body. It is the kind of um, it's it's the period nutrient. It's so so important, or the endonutrient, um, because of how anti-inflammatory it is. And this is another one that my clients really respond so well to. And one of the reasons why it's so important is because most of us are deficient in magnesium. And on top of that, most people who bleed, um, who have uh, who have menstruation. They are usually low in magnesium as well because they um, lose magnesium during um, their menstrual cycle, during menstruation. Um, And on top of that, stress depletes magnesium. You lose magnesium when you're stressed. And I would argue that many of us um, do experience stress with a chronic condition. Um, You know, I don't have endo stress in my life, but I would definitely say that I'm stressed at the moment trying to navigate these new um, diagnoses that I'm trying to get you know sorted like dyspraxia and EDS and um, POPs and so that's still a stressful experience so 
magnesium can deplete in all of those scenarios. Um, so I use every day out of the shower when my skin is wet, I use a magnesium spray. And the reason why I like a magnesium spray over a supplement is that you can take a supplement and it really depends on your body. Um, but many people don't absorb magnesium very well, especially if they've got gut health issues. And the majority of my clients do have gut health issues. Um, and I mean, arguably most people vendo do have gut health issues because of the connection to SIBO and IBS. Um, but the magnesium spray absorbs through the skin. Um, please do it when your skin is wet because that's going to um, help the absorption and it's going to make it feel less irritating because it can be a little bit itchy when you first use it. Um, baths, if you have a bath, this is actually the best way to reverse magnesium deficiency. So they've done research on this. 500 to 600 grams of Epsom salt, um, salts in a bath for... 10 to 30 minutes, um, 20 is a really good place if you can get to it, if you've got time. Three times a week, two to three times a week, has been shown to reverse magnesium deficiency. And when my clients do that, they're just like, oh my God, they they love it. Like, I've, I've not had one client not notice a difference in, it could be, it really depends on the person, but pelvic pain, um, period pain, hormonal balance, energy, mood, brain fog, um, sleep, because it, it's a muscle relaxant, so it can really help you to sleep. Um, and what's the other one that they notice a difference with? Um, oh, I might have said it already, hormonal balance. Um, so that is a huge one, and I can't always fit in the baths, but I always, always use a magnesium spray. And if I don't, I notice the difference. I notice the difference with, um, mainly with like my moods and my energy and my, do I, you know, the feeling of brain fog, um, PMS as well is a big one, but also just general, um, I mean, I don't really get, yeah, I would say that it, if I don't use it, I noticed that that's the that's often the difference between completely pain-free period and then a pain a period that's like one or two on the pain scale. Um, yeah, I would definitely say that actually. Then my fourth daily habit that I always always you um, do is take an omega three supplement. I actually do. I have my one. I don't know. I can't see. Um, I use BioLife, but there are lots of good ones out there. Um, no, it's not called BioLife. It's called Bare Biology. Um, and I take high dose for sure. So um, the research, the um, therapeutic level of Fisher, which is a thousand to three thousand milligrams. Um, there has been lots and lots of research on Fisher for endometriosis, dysmenorrhea, um, pelvic pain. And the research is is incredible, but also we don't get enough omega three fatty acids from our diet, um, and they're really really important for brain health, lowering inflammation. Omega three fatty acids actually make the anti inflammatory chemicals in our body. So um, one of them. So you have two types of what's called prostaglandins, 
And there's an inflammatory type of prostaglandin called prostaglandin E2. And that prostaglandin is the type of prostaglandin that's released during your period, released during ovulation to inflame the area and actually aid the process of ovulating or shedding the uterine lining. But when we have too high levels, it causes pain. Um, so what they found in the research is that people with um, endometriosis, people with um, heavy periods and painful periods, they have higher levels of prostaglandin E2 in their menstrual blood. So omega-3 fatty acids, they're the precursor. They make prostaglandins E1, which is the anti-inflammatory prostaglandin. And we need the anti-inflammatory prostaglandin to balance out the inflammatory prostaglandins. So um, always, without fail, unless, you know, I've been the order's delayed or I forgot to order it in time and I'm out of it a couple of days, without fail, I take the omega-3 fatty acids. Um just gonna just scroll, make sure I'm not missing any questions, just because it just doesn't move. I don't know why. Um, number five is this is a little bit more um individual. I also always use some form of anti-inflammatory supplement. So there's the omega-3. Normally it used to be curcumin. I used to always take curcumin. Um and there's some amazing research behind curcumin for inflammatory conditions and also on endometriosis. Unfortunately, the research is not in humans at the moment. It's in um, animals, but it showed that, and also in vitro, so in um, in labs, you know, in petri dishes um, and test tubes and things like that. Um, it's been shown to reduce the size um, and slow down the growth of endometriosis lesions. So um, I would take curcumin um, religiously and I've seen it do wonders for my clients. It did wonders for me as well. Um, I've just been experimenting with different anti-inflammatory supplements um, simply because I've spent so much money on SIBO that I was, you know, oh, okay, that's an anti-inflammatory supplement that I need for SIBO. So I'm going to kind of use that also for my endo and, and see what happens. Um, so at the moment I'm using glutathione, which is a really potent antioxidant and antioxidants are anti-inflammatory. It's great for supporting the liver because, um, and, that which is going to help with estrogen um, clearance, making sure you have healthy estrogen levels. Um, so that's the anti-inflammatory that I'm taking at the moment because I needed something to support my liver whilst I was going through the SIBO, um, killing the SIBO basically, um, trying to support my liver because it was it had this strain of all of this kind of dead SIBO. <laughs> um, and ginger as well. Um, I will get ginger back again. Um, but ginger is an abs another one I absolutely swear by. And the research behind ginger for pain conditions and um, painful periods is just amazing. Um, you probably know because I, um, I go on about ginger all the time. So I've got like loads of posts and, and reels and um, episodes dedicated to it. Um, but ginger is another really wonderful anti-inflammatory. So ginger, omega-3 magnesium um ginger omega-3 magnesium curcumin those are kind of like my top I, I love those um quercetin is also great and I was quercetin was my other one that I was using 
recently as well because it was part of my antihistamine protocol during my SIBO treatment. So I just had so many things that I had to take, like something had to drop and I was like, okay, well, you know, I'm already using glutathione and, and um, quercetin. They're really, really anti-inflammatory. Quercetin's got research behind it for um, uh, endometriosis. So I just took out the curcumin temporarily, but it will come back into my life. So some form of anti-inflammatory supplement. I'm never without some form of anti-inflammatory stu- supplement. You don't have to take 10, just like, you know, one or two really good ones because I... I am always about root causes. I always will work with someone to get to their root cause. Why are there symptoms like this? Um, what's the solution? I, I don't like masking our endo symptoms with um, medication or supplements, just chucking a load of supplements at someone. Because sure, the supplements might help to a degree, but you've still got this root cause. Um, and without the supplements, as soon as you come off them, this, the... Um, issues come back um, or they just don't work as effectively because you still have that root cause so you don't feel as much of a benefit. So um, I will always work towards um, root cause resolution, getting your healthy foundations in place, which I'm going to talk about in a minute, but, you know, making sure someone's eating a blood sugar balancing diet, making sure that they're eating a diet that's full of wonderful anti-inflammatory foods. Um, Now, I want to make sure that that you don't come away from this thinking you can never eat um, inflammatory foods or sugar. Um, again, it's it's not about that. Um, as you're, you know, you'll learn in um, podcast episodes or articles or my masterclasses, my courses. Um, it's about for the majority of the time, for the majority of the time, your foundations, your your brick and mortar of your diet are based on these beautiful, healthy foods. Um, and then you can have those other things that you want, providing that you don't have like celiac disease and you decide to eat gluten or like you have diabetes and you try decide to eat a ton of sugar, you know, or peanut salad, peanut allergy and you decide to eat peanuts. I'm not telling you guys to do that, but um, this isn't about being like, quote unquote perfect right it's not about that I have people um I had someone ask the other day um can I ever eat pizza again I was like I eat pizza like probably every other week yes you can eat pizza again (laughs) um I don't have a gluten-based pizza I mean I am at the moment because I'm having to eat gluten for my celiac test um and I don't have dairy but I have you know a a gluten-free dairy pizza and I make sure that I have it in a way that's blood sugar balancing as much as possible um although pizzas pizzas aren't very blood sugar balancing in any any way so um there's still going to be a bit of a spike so it's not about being perfect just want to make sure that's that's clear um but we still do have chronic conditions right we we're not just like the average person who is um eating a healthy diet and balancing their blood sugar and then they're like great I'm, I'm perfect I feel great now you know we still because we do have these chronic conditions and because endo is an inflammatory condition at its core that's what it is it's an inflammatory condition we do need that bit more of extra support so that's why I always have at least one anti-inflammatory good quality supplement in my diet um so I hope that makes sense um and then my sixth um My sixth daily habit is daylight to my eyes in the morning for um, at least 
10 to 30 minutes, but it's always more than that. Um, this is to balance the circadian rhythm. So your circadian rhythm is the is what controls your sleep wake cycle and your energy. And if your circadian is circadian rhythm is off um, because of something like HPA axis dysregulation, which you guys hear me talk about a lot, then your levels your levels of cortisol, which is what wakes you up in the morning. So cortisol is not just your stress stress hormone. It's the hormone that actually regulates your sleep-wake cycle. So it, it rises to wake you up and then it lowers in the evening so that you can go to sleep and then melatonin rises so that you can fall asleep. Melatonin is not what actually keeps you asleep though, by the way, that's another hormone. Um, so if you're cortisol levels are off, your HP axis is off, your circadian rhythm is off, your circadian, your cortisol levels are not going to be rising properly in the morning. They're either going to be low or they're going to be too high. So you might wake up feeling really, really stressed, really anxious, really wired, um, racing thoughts, or you really struggle to wake up in the morning and you feel like lead, um, you feel like a zombie for an hour or so. If that's you, then it could suggest low cortisol. And this is actually, in the research, has been shown to be common in people with endometriosis. Um, I've got a whole episode on that as to why that's that's an issue. Um, and if you if you want to learn how to, like, if you want to deep dive into, like, the protocol for that, that is in my course. Um, but that's not out again till next year. So for now, obviously, you've got the podcast. Um, so... Um, your sleep-wake cycle, your circadian rhythm is actually dictated, controlled, regulated by daylight. Um, and so by getting daylight to your eyes in the morning, it's actually going to tell your body, come on, you need to, you need to lift this, the cortisol levels. So every morning, um, we open, like straight the first thing we do, open the blinds, open the nets, open the window, get daylight in. So it's not light through glass. It needs to be like light through, like standing outside, opening the window. And I just like sit there for a while, like looking out. And then I do my makeup at the window with the windows open so that whilst I'm getting ready, I'm getting light to my eyes. So you want to get that light to your eyes as, as soon as possible in the morning um, so opening that window is going to be really helpful or, sta or standing outside or going for a walk. Um, that's going to be really helpful, especially if you're someone who deals with brain fog and fatigue. There's much, there's more you can do for HPA axis regulation and getting your circadian rhythm back on track. But that is, I'm giving you guys like simple strategies you can take away and work on today without kind of getting confused or going down rabbit holes. I just want to give you some really like easy top line things. Um, so getting light to your eyes, I like don't go without that. I, I couldn't, I know some people who don't lift up their blinds and I'm just like, I have no idea how you can live. Like I just have to have that light. I can't function without it. So um, those are my six. So that I, you know, sure, over Christmas, I will, like, not eat as anti-inflammatory as I normally would. But without a doubt, these are concrete parts of my life. Anti-inflammatory diet, blood sugar, magnesium spray, omega-3, an anti-inflammatory supplement, and light to my eyes in the morning. 
So those are kind of what I do very specifically for endometriosis. And there are other things that I do as well. Like, you know, I, ha I have a very um, comprehensive toolkit. Um, but those are just ones that I just don't go without. They're just part of my daily routine. But I also want to say underpinning these um, should be the basics for healthy living good sleep, movement, hydration, obviously good a good diet, um, and stress management. I'm not that good with the stress management piece. <laughs> I am working on it though. I'm getting, I'm doing a lot, um, a vagus nerve course, but my history of trauma means that my stress response is, is very exaggerated. Um, now, the reason why these aren't in my daily, like, habits that I do every day is because sleep has been really disrupted for me for like two years because of my interstitial cystitis so I can't claim that that is like great every night it's not I had like two hours sleep on um Wednesday um so I can't but it is something I'm always trying to achieve and it should be part of our daily healthy lifestyle especially because I've got a whole is it an article or is it a podcast episode I think it's a podcast episode but sleep is absolutely crucial for endo management because when we have when we're lacking in sleep our inflammation levels rise so um and you and you need sleep to repair I mean there's so many reasons have a listen to the episode um but if you're lacking in sleep, inflammation will rise and your pain signals will be worse uh, as well. So pain will be exaggerated. Um, so sleep is 100% relevant to endometriosis. And I'm not saying um, it's not. This is just what I do daily. If I was working with someone as a client one-on-one, -on -one, I would look at sleep as an integral like part of their endo like health package. Um, but that's not what this episode is about. It's just like, what the habits I do without fail. Um, hopefully sleep will become part of that as I as I heal um, my bladder and my cortisol. Um, movement, um, I do usually do some form of movement every single day, a um, couple of times a day. But if I have a really, really busy period at work, like today I've been absolutely manic. I, ha I haven't been able to do any exercise. So again, I can't compl I can't claim it's a, a daily, but it helps to regulate your cortisol levels, which is gonna help to regulate your hormones. It helps to um, re regulate your circadian rhythm. It helps to um, regulate your inflammation levels. So it's, again, it's essential. Um, hydration, so important. I've got a whole episode on this why hydration is important for endometriosis. I would much rather you, I have people come to me and they're like, I'm doing everything right. I'm taking this supplement. I'm doing this. Like I bought this gadget. I'm doing this gadget. Like I'm doing this protocol. And I'm like, okay, but what is your sleep like? Are you leaving the house for a walk? How much protein are you eating? Like how much how much water are you drinking? What's your, um, how many vegetables are you eating? And if those foundations aren't in place, then like 
I'm like, do you know what? I don't care if you're taking the supplements. I don't care if you're using these gadgets. I want your foundations in place because otherwise we're building on shaky ground. You're always going to not be feeling quite as good as you can. Your, your health is always going to be struggling if your essential foundations are rocky, right? Good nutrition, good sleep, movement, hydration, stress management. And we, we live in a day and age where we can't eradicate stress. And, and that's not really what we want to do. We just want resilient healthy stress response so it's about like what what do we what support um strategies do we have in place to help us to calm down from stress or to cope with stress so it's not about living in a bubble um but these essential foundations do need to be in place i would rather you went away and was like do you know what jess did say that she was taking anti-inflammatory supplement but like i spend like hours a night scrolling and i go to bed at 2 a.m and I wake up at six. So I would rather you focused on that. So I just wanted to let you know that all of these are underpinned by um, essential foundations that they are probably going to be a work in progress for a lot of us, right? In the sense of like, you have to, um, you have to make that decision to move your body whether that's going for a very slow walk because that's all you can manage because you're endo or a very slow yoga session or whether it's something more like a, a jog um or a pilates session um some people forget to drink so it might always be like something very conscious that you have to do um hydration i'm absolutely great with <laughs> um i just drink water all the time um but you know my sleep is shaky because of my I've had two years worth of daily bladder pain um and I'm not really you know my movement is 90% of the time there so that is an essential foundation that I've got down um but it's um I guess it's just like an anti-inflammatory diet I eat anti-inflammatory like 80 to 90% of the time and then the other times I eat you know some of the things that I don't know what I want can't think of an example right now um caffeinated cup of tea which is not anti-inflammatory for me it's pretty inflammatory for me um so my movement is probably on par with anti-inflammatory diet like how I eat it's kind of like most of the time I do that um so does that make sense so I the essential foundations we should all have in place but I just wanted to kind of focus on these and very endo specific things that I always do without fail but that doesn't mean my essential foundations aren't in place or that your essential foundation shouldn't be in place um so I hope that was helpful um it's nearly I've nearly been talking for an hour um I'm sorry if my brain has been a bit slow I am really knackered does anyone have any final questions before I wrap up around that topic that subject Sorry, someone's shouting outside the house. Bissy, you don't drink water. Okay, that's where that's where we need to start. Um, you're so welcome. I do have like a whole podcast episode with like the evidence behind why this is so important for good health by endo as well. Like it's not just like, um, it's not just a health, you know, a daily health thing it's going to help with the endo as well so have a listen to that um i think i can't remember the name of the episode but if you scroll through my um website on the podcast it's a picture of a cactus um 
so it's that one and i'm sure it's something like why hydration is important for endo or something like that um oh i'm so so pleased um the magnesium spray that i use is by better you uh, i use a sensitive one because uh, because of my histamine issues my skin just gets very very itchy so i just use not from the magnesium but i'm just i've got really sensitive skin um so i use the uh sensitive skin one by better you yeah, better you. Um, I'm so glad that you guys have found this helpful. Um, yeah, it's been lovely to speak to you guys. I hope you have a lovely weekend. Um, just a reminder, I've got the Black Friday special offer on the Nutrition for Endo Foundations Masterclass and the Nutrition the Nutrition for Endo Advanced Masterclass. So the Foundations one is all about how to create your own anti-inflammatory diet. And then the... Um, advanced is how to eat for blood sugar management and all of the how to also not just eat for it but the lifestyle how to manage your lifestyle for blood sugar management um and that's they're 29.99 each normally they're 40 pounds or you can buy the bundle for 50 pounds so it would normally be 80 for the two but it's 50 pounds if you buy the bundle so um that ends on tuesday the 30th at um 10 p.m. GMT. So if you want to like learn more about that, then that's where you can find them. So um, I'm so glad this is helpful. I wasn't sure whether it would be interesting to hear like my daily go-tos, but I was like, I do these things every single day. Why don't I talk about it with people? So um, I'm glad it's been helpful. I hope you all have a really lovely weekend and I will see you guys next week for another, another live. Bye everyone. So that's it. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to find out more about what I do or read more on endometriosis and living well with it, um, you can head to my Instagram page, which is this underscore endolife. Um, you can head to my website, which is www.thisendolife.com. And you can also get um, a free guide to managing endometriosis naturally on my website. Um, I've put the link in my show notes. It's a beginner's guide to getting started and all of the areas that I um, have worked on to help reduce my endometriosis symptoms and pain and live well with endometriosis. As always, if you like this show, please rate, review and or subscribe. It really, truly does help others to hear the podcast and hopefully will help them to live better with endometriosis. This episode was produced by The Pod Farm. Whether you're an established podcaster or just getting started, visit thepodfarm.com to see how they can help you go from an idea to a finished show that's ready to be heard by the world.